0: And Bonds hits right high! It's a deep, deep.
1: October 3rd on the Just Baseball Show, and you know what that means. This episode, we are doing our full wild card, ALDS, NLDS, all the way through to the World Series, our predictions. That's Arm Layton, and we have a special guest joining us, Bailey, otherwise known as Foolish Baseball. If you don't know who Bailey is by now, you're probably not that big of a baseball fan because he's taken over YouTube, he's taken over social media. And all of this is brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if it loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER and must be 21 or older. Terms and conditions apply. Bailey, I'm so happy to have you on because this is one of my favorite episodes of the year. It's some of the best times of the year. People are dealing with football. Start of basketball. No, October is ours. And before we press the record button,
0: you asked a really good question. So I'm just giving it to you. The question I asked was, How excited are you all for this postseason, you know, compared to, say, past postseason? So how did you feel this year compared to this time, say, last year or in previous years? And we're trying to sort of divorce the fandom from that answer because, you know, Peter, there may be some relief for you as a Yankees fan arm. There may be a lot of nerves as a Marlins fan. Myself as a Braves fan, of course, can relate to that. But just as a being as neutral as possible, like what's the excitement level for you?
2: I would say for me, neutrally, you know, it's we were talking about the pitch clock. You alluded to that early, and I want to kind of get your thoughts on that, too, because you asked it in a way of like you're excited for me trying to remove the Marlins from it. Because, again, I've never had a rooting interest in the postseason. So I've always been the neutral fan aside from from 2020. I got to say, like, this is this is the postseason that I feel I could kind of went over a lot of fans too. Uh, You have so many different teams that are involved. You have so many different teams that can make a run. Uh, I think the unpredictability of last year kind of has me excited about this year. I feel like everyone's wondering who's going to be the Phillies this year. Who's going to be the team that kind of does it. Maybe it's the Phillies again, but who's going to be the team that kind of makes that run. And you can talk yourself into like four or five different teams that could do that. And that in itself gets me really excited. Uh, With all due respect, I, I, Hope the Braves don't just run the table uh, because I think it makes it more fun. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just so easy to say Braves win. But I mean, we saw
1: last year and it could
2: happen again this year.
1: For me, as a unbiased journalist at the top of my field in terms of being unbiased, um, this is kind of the complete opposite of Arum. The first time in a while where my Yankees are not in the playoffs. So we go through the entire regular season normally where I'm hot and cold with the Yankees, that classic meme, you know, are we back versus not being back? I go back and forth and then we hit the playoffs time and I'm fully in every time and I can't help myself. Now there's no Yankees. So I get to look at each team objectively and actually pick a winner. And I get to go into each individual game without that fandom rooting interest. So while my Yankees aren't in it, I'm extremely excited for this postseason because I have all the numbers pulled up, right? We're going to go through bullpens, defense, offenses, righty versus lefty, home versus road to try and make the best predictions possible. And when I loaded up all the numbers, all I got to say is the Braves are the best team. But this shit is wide open arm. It's wide open.
2: Yeah. Where, where do you stand, Bailey? How 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 excited are you compared to, to other
0: years? So, so there's a, there's a split within me right now, because uh, as a Braves fan, they obviously have the target on their backs. Everyone knows they're the favorites, but also, you know, in baseball, what good is being the favorite give you right now in their position? What is it a 25 percent 30% chance of winning? You know, like that's, you know, that's, you'd still probably take the field over the Braves uh, if all odds were even. But yeah, as a, as a neutral, I'm, I'm really stoked. One thing that I, I was thinking about uh, with regards to the pitch clock and the shortening of the length of games, this is, this is a little bit of a weird confession, but when I was a kid, my parents were really strict about my bedtime. Like I had to go to bed pretty early and I missed many a playoff game as a kid, you know, I've been a baseball fan all my life. So up through age 10 or 12 or whatever, when those became lenient, I missed a lot of playoff games uh, or at least late innings of playoff games. And I'm excited. You know, just I think there's potential that like this could be uh, a rule change that leads to uh, more kids being interested in playoff baseball. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about that. So uh, my my excitement level is, is higher than usual. I was just looking at the slate of games we've got starting tomorrow and just sort of like like I'm getting ready to sit down and watch baseball all day. And yes. it's just a great feeling. The
2: the one thing I want to add to that real quick, sorry Peter, is that it, you have the the staggered schedule, and it just some of these games would drag out so long that you'd have too much overlap, and you're like, okay, which one am I going to watch? How do I how do I keep up and whatever? And I mean, they're still going to overlap, but I, I do think that it, you're going to have a little bit more separation in there as well. And um, you know, the the one point that you make about yeah you know, the pitch clock also just allowing kids to to watch the game at night and things like that. I also think there, I know a lot of people that watch postseason baseball and, and don't really watch the regular season because they like the high stakes aspect of every pitch mattering, every play mattering. But at times, would be a little bit frustrated by the tempo of the game. So now you have every pitch and every play mattering at a you know palatable tempo, and you know you're still going to have the strategy, you're still going to have more pitching changes. It's going to be slower, but I love the idea of this you know up tempo, high stakes baseball. That we haven't really seen, uh, that I think is going to endear a lot of fans. So I'm I'm, I'm eager to see
1: the, uh, the 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 ratings and all that good stuff too when we get there. Yeah, to quantify that, uh, in 2018 the average game length was three hours and four minutes. 2019, three hours and ten, and that was basically the same. three Oh six in that range. In 2023, the average duration of a game was two hours and forty two minutes which was the lowest since 1984, courtesy of Underdog MLB. So we're getting quicker, better games, and we have an awesome postseason. So, gentlemen, it's time to predict it. So we're going to go through uh, the bracket. We're going to do a little bit on each team, keys to win, some stats for you, and then we'll figure out who's going to win the whole damn thing. So we'll start in the American League, the first series of the wild card. Remember, this is a three-game set is the Blue Jays versus the Minnesota Twins. Bailey, I'll throw it over to you for your prediction first, and then we'll go to Arum, then we'll finish with me, but I'll start with some stats. On offense, Blue Jays ranked 11th in OPS, 16th in home runs, and 22nd in stolen bases. On defense, they were the eighth best team by defensive war. Starting pitching was excellent. Third in ERA, sixth in Sierra. In the bullpen, again, fantastic. Eighth in ERA. Fourth in whip, second in Sierra. But the Twins on offense were better than the Blue Jays, seventh in OPS and third in home runs. They were worse on defense, starting pitching. They were even a little bit better than the Blue Jays, second in ERA, second in Sierra. And then the bullpen, seventh in whip, tenth in Sierra. I know I just rattled off a lot of numbers for you, but we're just putting it in perspective. Blue Jays, Twins, how do you see the series ending up
0: yeah so in my notes for this one uh i have written the words stoppable force versus movable object um neither of these teams have the most uh, sterling playoff record lately i i for the twins I, it's worse although a lot of their o and t o and 18 streak which i think is going to be probably a big discussion point is uh you know with past players past coaches past gms that weren't there you know so it's not like this exact twins team is on that streak the, the the consistency has been the fans and i obviously feel for them uh i think these teams are really similar because when you look at them in recent years they had sort of the offensive identity first and foremost like these were like deep young fun lineups and this year we've seen the pitching really be at the forefront for both of them these are two of the best rotations in all of baseball so it's gonna be a lot of fun and i'm almost sad that this is a a a short series a best of three series because i would love to see what they could have done against each other in a best of five or a uh, best of seven i'm going to pick the twins to uh break the streak here i think they're gonna uh, they're going to get at least one win, and if you get one win, why not get two out of three? So I'm going to pick the Twins to uh, advance here. One thing that I think could be an X factor for them is is that ability, and this will, you know, perhaps even be bigger for them later on in the postseason should they make it further. But I really like the idea of like Kentamaia coming out of the bullpen for them in some of these games. Like he's familiar with that role based on his time in Los Angeles, uh, and you know they've got guys like you know. Uh, Caleb Tealbar, Brock Stewart are gonna be back in the fold there. Like they have a really potential to have like four or five really good relievers, you know, following up these starters. And uh, you know, you said it earlier. They they do have a good offense. They they have a pretty strong offense. And uh, overall, this is a a more complete Twins team that I think people are giving them credit for. Um, I love it. I, and and how about Chris Paddock? Is, yeah. is he gonna be a guy that?
2: Can potentially contribute out of the bullpen as well. He's running it up, running it up to ninety nine. Uh, so all of a sudden, the bullpen looks a little bit fortified. So I, I, a lot of the reasons that Bailey just said, I'm, I'm, I'm in on the Twins here. You know, the Blue Jays. We talked about it. I think Jack and I a couple episodes ago. Just, I keep waiting for them to, to be that, that force as Bailey alluded to, and they just, they just haven't quite been that. They're talented and they've been able to, you know, tread water because of you know all the players that they have and the balance of you know good pitching, solid defense, and, and, and enough hitting, but. I think in a series, those deficiencies kind of get exposed a little bit. And I trust the rotation just a lot more. I think Pablo Lopez is just really throwing the ball. Well, uh, then you have Sonny Gray in game two, like the Jays haven't even totally, I think mapped out how they're going to go with their postseason rotation, which I think kind of says something here where you can feel really good about what the twins are doing with Lopez and then with Sonny Gray. And then they just have so many other arms that can be stretched out that can fill in uh, that can you know come into relief. How, how, how about Bailey Ober and how he finished the year? I'm a little bit nervous about injuries, you know, with this Twins team. Of course, you got Correa banged up. You got Lewis banged up. You got uh, some moving parts there, but I still think they're going to hit enough. Uh, and again, I think the pitching is going to be the separator with an underrated bullpen, as Bailey mentioned. I'm, I'm in on the Twins, and I think they they might take it in two.
1: I'm very happy that both of you guys said the Twins. <laughs> I've made two bets so far, and I took the Twins at minus 105 to win this series. The way I look at it, I think home field advantage is huge, especially for the twins because the blue Jays have been good both on the road and at home, but the twins at home are 47 and 34 this year while on the road, they're 40 and 41. So they are under 500 on the road. Luckily they get this series at home where a lot of their starting pitchers are better. And what the Blue Jays' strengths are, right? Starting pitching in bullpen by the stats. The Twins are slightly better in the rotation, and then when you move them to the bullpen, like Bailey said with Kenta Maeda or potentially Chris Paddock, that bullpen gets deeper and deeper. And when I look at the fact that the Blue Jays are probably going to face three straight righties, I'm looking at a Blue Jays offense that since August 1st, since the trade deadline, 100 WRC+. plus which ranks them 12th. Now the twins, they're going to see both righties and lefties, both in the bullpen and in the rotation. Well, they're sixth in that time span in WRC plus and third against lefties. So six against righties. It's been a really good offense. I have three starting pitchers that I think all at their best could potentially be in the Cy Young conversation. We've already seen Pablo Lopez and Sunday Gray be in that conversation this year, but Joe Ryan went through an injury But then we finally see him clawing his way back into that conversation if he was able to pitch a full year. I love the Twins. I was almost thinking, Arm, it's funny you said they get it done in two. I was almost thinking, should I bet over two and a half games played? Because you got Gosman game one, and as great as the Twins are in the rotation, none of them are as good as Gosman. But at the same time, Gosman for years Lack of run support; they just don't show up when he's on yeah. the mound. It's weird. So I bet the Twins at minus one hundred five. They should not be an underdog in the series. They should be the favorite.
2: I don't trust Romano to shut the door either, um, and I think the that's the side of it too. Like, I, who who are the who's the high leverage arms here? And and it's in Minnesota, right? Isn't Romano? Isn't he terrible outside of Canada? He hates
1: the United States of America. He, yeah, so that's where I'm at there. So we got the Twins moving on. Let's get into uh, the next part of the bracket. That is the Rangers against the Tampa Bay Rays. Rangers are pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good at hitting. Third in OPS, third in home runs. In terms of the starting pitching, that's where it has not been as good by the advanced metrics in Sierra. 18th in Sierra and 7th in ERA. Bullpen, 24th in ERA, 16th in Sierra. What do we know about the Rangers? They're going to hit, but they're going to struggle on the mound. And guys, when you compile all the stats for each team, like you know who these teams are, but sometimes when you really quantify them, the Rays really surprise me. The Rays are really fucking good, guys. Fourth in OPS as a team, sixth in home runs, fifth in ERA from the starting pitching standpoint, first in Sierra, and the bullpen, 11th in Sierra, 11th in whip, or sorry, second in whip, 11th in Sierra. From top to bottom, and I know the Rays, they mix and match, right? In the starting rotation, it's not always the one through five starters, but they got Glasno on the bump, they got Aaron Savali, and then they figure it out from there.
0: Rangers, Rays, Bailey, who you got? I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays. I do want to shout out the Rangers here. There's a very distinct possibility. The Rangers offense just shows up. They score 10 runs in two games and then they move on. You know what I mean? Like that, that is a very real possibility for this lineup. It is going to come down to the pitching for me, which, which seems kind of, it's risky because, you know, maybe in a shorter three game series, it doesn't matter as much, but I look at that game two in particular. Game two right now, as it's lining up, Expected starters are going to be Nathan Ivaldi versus Zach Eflin, and if you'd have you know given me that matchup in the first half of the season before (laughs) Ivaldi got hurt, I would say okay, that's a great matchup. Those guys are both having great years. Ivaldi is not himself right now, like not even close. He's really struggled to come back from that injury. I don't think he's like fully built up, ready to go, and Zach Eflin has had a monster year. He has had an absolutely monster year. It's been so fun to watch. I think he's one of the top pitchers in the American League this year. Definitely. Um, And so that just screams like huge mismatch for me, even if Gumby shows up in game one for Texas. So uh, I'm going with the Rays. I'm going with uh, a team that's got, uh you know, more playoff experience overall. And uh, uh this Rangers team, I think there is maybe a time where they could have made this work. Maybe if they had Scherzer still around or something like that, or, you know, obviously if they had Degrom still around, you know, I would, I could have seen myself picking them, but uh, right now at this very moment in the season, I have the Rays as the better team and I expect them to move on.
2: Yeah. I, I hate to uh, echo the same sentiment there, but you know, the, the one separator is that offense, right? And and, and you have uh, a Rangers offense that has been as good as any uh, for most of the year, went through a little bit of some dry spells, but when I look at the last month of the season and you, you look at what the Rays have done offensively. Sixth in WRC plus at 115. That's just ahead of the Rangers who check in at 8th at 110. And you know, it's like, okay... The, the race have the ability to, to swing it with them, too. And that lineup is just long. Like, even without Wander Franco, even without, you know, Lowe, with, with Brandon Lowe, they are still just swinging it. And especially a guy like Yandi Diaz has not slowed down. Josh Lowe, if anything, has continued to get better. Uh, Paredes, of course, you got playoff Randy. And the fact that playoff Randy is almost an afterthought in this lineup because of how good, you know, this this entire lineup has been. And then, of course, echoing all the same sentiments when it comes to the pitching staff and the bullpen. And I think that's the big thing for me is they might be able to get a quality four innings from from the ability. Maybe he finds something. I think Jaymon is going to give them a quality start. But how does that bullpen hold up? I mean, we see Chapman kind of run into a wall again at the end of this year. Who's going to step up out of that pen versus the Rays pen? I think it's pretty tough to to measure those up against each other there. So I think that the, the Rangers could snake one. And the thing is, is as Bailey said, even in a three game set, it's not that many games. Once you get to game three and you already use some of your best bullpen arms to, to to win that game one, I just feel like a game three will be kind of a a layup for for the Rays. So uh it's just too hard for me to to see any way of them losing this one.
1: Yeah, I went into this wanting to pick the Rangers yeah. because of that first thing you said, Bailey. They could put te- up 10 runs on you in two games and then you're just going home like they, it's an offensive onslaught where you just it, you. The Rays could have a great offense, right? They could put up three to four, right? They're not facing you and I up there. They're facing Jamon and Nathan Ivaldi. Those are good starting pitchers. So if they don't kill them, the Rangers can just steamroll them. These reliever numbers are great. Starting rotation is great. When the Rangers offense is on, it doesn't matter. But the more I looked into it, the Rangers don't actually have an edge on offense and starting pitching in bullpen. They are a better defensive team, but you're putting them in the trop. Ask Blue Jays fans. They did not want to go down there to Tampa. And for good reason, the Tampa Bay Rays might be the best team at home in all of baseball. They went 53 and 28 at home this season. Only a few teams can say they've won 50 games at home. I think the Rangers will get one. That's what I will say. I think they have a game where they put up nine. They just have one of those games. I don't know against who. I don't really think it's going to be against glass now, but I could see them getting to Eflin, but I'm going to give it to the Rays. And if that offense doesn't show up, the Rays are going to go home or the Rangers are going to go home early. So, clean sweep again. We got to somehow debate either of these. Hopefully, the, uh, the next series. We'll go over to the National League and continue on the wild card, and then we'll swing back to the American League, do the DS, CS, and then we'll pick a World Series winner. Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Another bet I did make, so I'm very curious to hear what you guys think first. Diamondbacks? Weren't very good on offense this year, 17th in OPS, 22nd in home runs, but they were second in stolen bases. This team speed demons on the bases, and they are great defensively ranking second in defensive war. However, starting pitching was not their strength. 21st in ERA, 20th in Sierra, and the bullpen, similar story there. For the Brewers, offense was also not their thing. 23rd in OPS, 24th in home runs, but they were also pretty good on the base pass. And you think the Diamondbacks were good at defense? This Milwaukee Brewers team ranked first in defensive war. But starting pitching is the calling card for Milwaukee. Third in ERA, 10th in Sierra, and then the bullpen. We know about all these flamethrowers back there, led by Devin Williams, second in ERA, and 12th in Sierra. You got a young Diamondbacks team who shocked the world by getting into the playoffs, facing a Milwaukee Brewers team that always feels to go underrated in these spots but they got the three starting pitchers in a three game set. Bailey, where are you going?
0: This is where I think I'm going to let some of my personal feelings get in the way. I'm sick of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm sick of it every October. Oh my gosh. They have Woodruff, they have Burns, they have Freddy Peralta. What if they just all do really good and then they win the world series? You know, I'm just every year with these guys, they just don't get it done, you know? And, uh, so, so I'm going to pick the diamondbacks for no reason other than I would like to see it happen. This is a short series. I like their lineup more than the brewers. I, I know the brewers have brought in some new guys, South Freelick, uh, you know, and they, they have helped out the, the, what is usually an anemic lineup, be a little less anemic. William Contreras has had a huge year for them. He's been awesome. Uh, but I, I do like this diamondbacks, uh, lineup as well. I know the pitching isn't that great. I know they're starting Brandon Fott game one. I know their bullpen is not very good, but all you got to do is win two or three. Why not? I'm going to go Dimebacks. Yeah, I I wanted to so bad because I love the D-backs. Like I
2: really wanted to go D-backs, but I I, I think this is again. What are we going to say exactly what? Uh, what, what Bailey like parodied just now, but I, I do think that this Brewers team is slightly different than the last couple. And, and I'll give you a couple reasons why one, you mentioned William Contreras. I think that's a guy in, in a bat that had been lacking from this lineup for a while. Uh, Christian Yelich just being anything close to what he used to be, I think is absolutely massive. And I, I'm really excited to see him on the big stage uh, and be able to perform out there. Uh, and then you look at the, the, Lineup kind of top to bottom. You mentioned some of the guys that have come up and made an impact. I think that's huge because the last couple of years, we've got a Brewers lineup, very front loaded, very Yelich dependent. And you're kind of wondering who's going to contribute beyond that. Now you have a, a Willie Adamas who started to really come alive down the stretch. Uh, Mark Canna swung the bat really well over the final month of the season. And on the D back side, like they're going to have to swing it to win. And they're going to have to lean on, you know, games two and three of having guys that are really good, you know, pitching, you know, at, at home, not at home um so in, in an environment where you know i think that's definitely an advantage brewers uh, where you have a zach gallon you know and, and we, we'd assume that merrill kelly goes in one of those games as well i think the offense has been trending better over the last month for the brewers you know a wrc plus over 100 i think it's right around 106 uh the lineup kind of longer the bullpen a- a has been phenomenal and i think that's a big part of it as well um, I think this D-backs team kind of went cold. I, they, I think they were bottom five or or, or so in, in WRC plus over the last uh, month of the season. Um, I don't trust the bullpen very much. They are very youthful. I, I think the Brewers knock them around uh, pretty good. and And I think this is, Finally, the Brewers team that kind of makes a push because it finally has a little bit more balance and a bullpen that is, you know, not as top heavy. I think is you got like four or five arms in that bullpen that I think you can trust and that you can go to. And, you know, I don't need to sell you
1: all on the rotation, of course. Yeah, I bet the Brewers to win this series at minus 160 on bet MGM and it's expensive, but I think it's expensive for a reason. You know, I dove into the numbers and I say, well, what are the Diamondbacks known for? They got two studs at the top. They're really good on defense and they wreck havoc on the base pass. The Brewers have three. The Brewers are better on defense. And it's not like they're slow on the base pass either. And this Diamondbacks team, they're below 500 on the road to arms point. It's a really young team. They kind of shocked the world. I don't know if they continue to do so. The Brewers, again, very good team at home. 49 wins at home, only 32 losses. They're just better in every format. And then I look at the even the manager, right? Lavello has been great, but Council's a little bit better. They've been here before, right? So all those times, all those games where they fell short when they were kind of the up-and-coming team, now they've been here and they get to face off at home against a team who hasn't been here before. Like the guys who have been here before, Evan Longoria, right? And then you look at each starting pitcher, Brandon Fought versus Corbin Burns. It's a tough
2: one. That's why they're gonna win. That's why they're gonna win, because it's Brandon Fought versus Corbin Burns. That's why the D backs will win the series. I think they'll take game one. You know what? You're probably right.
1: But 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 then I think about like Gallon's problems have been on the road this year. Merrill Kelly's problems have been on the road this year. They're just not that good of a road team going into American family field where the Brewers are. They're hungry and they've heard all these things, Bailey. They've heard them. They know that they're that team now. I think they stick it to the D-backs. I think they sweep them in two.
2: You're underestimating though, Bailey. Do you think that Josh Donaldson could rip apart the team from within?
0: That's a good point. No, that's true. Maybe he's. You know, he's a Yankee double agent. He said, you know, not only have I messed up the Yankees playoff chances, I will now take another team down with me. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Time to move on to Marlins Phillies. Okay. Arm, the Marlins offense is kind of stanky. 19th in OPS, 22nd in home runs. They don't steal any bases, and they were ranked 29th in defensive war this year. The calling card has been the rotation, Ninth in ERA, 8th in Sierra. So this is the top 10 rotation whether you look at advanced metrics or the standard metrics but the bullpen projects well ninth in sierra 21st in era and the phillies yeah, It's gonna be a tough one for miami sixth in ops eighth in home runs defense they also struggle but miami has been worse 15th in era from the starters seventh in sierra it's been a good rotation overall and the bullpen not known for being a great bullpen, but has been 6th in ERA and 8th in Sierra. The Phillies are one of the big favorites to win this series. Arm, we'll go to you first because you're the Marlins fan. Ugh. Do we believe in the fish? Uh, Hashtag like, make it Miami.
2: I, I, I believe in Jesus Lizardo. Okay. Um, I'm very happy for him. Let me preface with that. and I'm very happy he's getting the ball game one. I think that the pitching side of things is a little bit more vulnerable maybe than people want to make it out to be for the Phillies. And and it's also, you know, a matchup here where the Marlins have seen plenty of these guys and the Marlins have played the Phillies decent this year and over the last couple of years. I mean, that's where we got the bottom feeders thing originally from, right? Like there's a lot of familiarity here with with this staff. I, I think the Marlins bullpen is is Going to either win it for them or lose it for them. And I think that's the the big thing. Tanner Scott's going to have to go get four out saves. Uh, Andrew Nardi is going to have to, you know, potentially come in and, and, dance out of a bases loaded jam again, uh, but they can do that. I mean, Tanner Scott's arguably been the, the best reliever in the game. And uh, you know, I think the Marlins will, will get their runs where they get them. They just seem to do that. They seem to find ways to do that. Arias is being healthy is huge. Uh, Burger and bell swinging. It I think is really big. And yeah, the, the offense has been pretty trash for most of the year, but it's finally clicking here where y- you have the last month of the season. 105 WRC plus as a team, a healthy Jazz. A lot of things need to go right. And it starts with, you know, Lizardo setting the tone and the Marlins finding a way to score a couple of runs. But I'm not afraid of, Andrew, or of Aaron Nola. I know the the Marlins aren't afraid of Aaron Noah. Um, the, the bullpen's fine. I, I don't think the Marlins are really afraid of, of many they relievers. It's not the bullpen that they had last year. Um, all of a sudden you got David Robertson throwing well. Um, so now the Marlins have a bullpen that I actually really am, am buying into here. Uh, of course, I want to say Phillies for my Marlins folks out there. And, and I know that you guys are probably both going to go Phillies. So I'm going to go Marlins. I, I, I think that it's a three game set. Anything can happen. It's a place that they're comfortable. It's a team that they've seen plenty of. Lizardo is <laughs> pitching for his hometown team. I can't wait to see what he does. And I think it's going to be tax the bullpen. They might be out of gas after this series and they might get worked in the next one, but I think three game sprint, you never know. I think the Marlins might capture some magic here and you can just tell they love playing together and there's just something special brewing there. So I'll I'll go with the fish. Bailey. Bailey.
0: Uh, I like it or one thing you alluded to that that I think is 100% true is that this Phillies starting pitching is a little bit more suspect than I think people would give them credit for when I look back at some like past postseason runs and past postseason teams like some of these guys who just get all like a heavy workload. You know, especially with this Phillies team, like they, you know, went deep in the postseason last year. Wheeler and Nola, you know, they're like when they're healthy 200 inning arms and then they're going into the postseason and adding like 20, 30 more. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, now they get a shortened offseason because they're in the World Series last year and then they do it again. And I I could definitely see just fatigue being an issue for the Phillies at some point this postseason, especially for those two uh, horses up front. For me personally, like, Without Sandy Alcantara in the mix, this is probably the series that has the biggest talent gap for me. And that's saying uh, as much about the Phillies and and the talent they have rather than really like uh, bagging on the Marlins necessarily. I think Kim Eng did a great job lengthening their lineup at the deadline with with Bell and Berger. And those guys have made huge contributions to get him there. Uh, I personally am going to choose the uh, Phillies for this one. Uh, I, they've been playing some really great baseball ever since they got Johan Rojas into the mix and that's really improved their defense a lot. And you've got Harper at first and Schwarber DH now. Uh, so I think even that defensive weakness, uh, could be, you know, even if the season long stats aren't there for the Phillies, it's a little overstated if they get, uh, Schwarber, you know, DHing most of the games this postseason. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to take the Phillies just cause, uh, they're really good. Uh, It's not even really that. I think the Marlins are bad in two or three. I'll 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 give them three. I'll take nice. I'll I'll let the Marlins win one. I think I could actually see like, like you you said you like Rosario a lot. Game one, Braxton Garrett's had a really nice year. I could see him yeah. having a start. You know, yeah, um, well, I'm with you. And and
2: Garrett, you know, has been a guy that keeps churning out quality starts and then handed over to the bullpen, and we'll see from there. I I am worried that you know, the the Phillies offense could just bludgeon them, and then all of a sudden you you can't catch up if you're if you're the Marlins, but. It'll be fun to see. Uh, I don't blame you for that prediction. I already know where Peter's going with this one.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Phillies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, like, you know what kind of was also uh, the decider in the Brewers versus Diamondback series is that the Brewers were incredible against teams that are over 500. The Brewers were 51 and 38 against teams over 500, while the Diamondbacks were 40 and 50. Well, the Phillies were 47 and 43 against teams over 500. The Marlins were 38 and 50. So, again, when the going got tough and against the really, really great teams, the Marlins often fell short. And when I said, well, the Phillies are kind of weak on defense, I don't love Kimbrell in the ninth. I kept thinking to myself, well, everything that I'm kind of worried about the Phillies, I'm more worried about with the Marlins now. I'm not saying Phillies in two. I actually think arm they're winning that Garrett Nola outing, but then it's because I was going game by game and I was like, okay, I really like Lizardo Lizardo in Miami. Yes. Lizardo in citizens bank against Wheeler, who has proven that he is a playoff dog. I'd have to go with the Phillies on that one. I think Garrett shocks people in game two. And then I look at most likely Ranger Suarez right in game three and the Marlins, they were good against lefties, but that started to trickle down since the trade deadline. They ranked 21st in baseball against left-handed pitching in terms of WRC plus. I think you're going to get big time outings from Scott and Nardi in the first two games. And I think it just runs dry and the Phillies win game three. In Citizens Bank But I think it's a good series Like I think this series Is going to be more competitive Truthfully Than Brewers Diamondbacks And the Phillies When we're looking at a series price Are more expensive than the Brewers That's why I made the bet On the Brewers Do you, do you happen to have uh Phil, So this
2: might be the most important Split series Do you happen to have The, the Phillies numbers Against left-handed pitching This year in front of you I'm not going to bother Trying to change anything On the Fangraphs page Because I'll probably drop
1: Out of the Zoom The Phillies rank since August 1st, 7th in WRC plus against lefties at 123 and 4th against righties at 119. Yeah, that's scary. It's a good fucking offense. They're really good. So, all right. So um, right now I have the twins playing the Astros, the Rays playing the Orioles, the Brewers playing the Dodgers and the Phillies playing the Braves. Bailey, you have the Twins playing the Astros, the Rays facing the Orioles, the Diamondbacks facing the Dodgers, and the Phillies facing the Braves. So we'll start with Twins Astros cuz that's what we all have. Um and just to give you some stats on the Astros because of course we were wrong on this show when the wild card was getting down to it, we thought the Diamondbacks could hang with the Astros, but they couldn't. And the Astros are inevitable, like Thanos snapping his finger, right? So when we look at some of these stats for the Houston Astros, while I pull them up real quick, the Astros, as you probably know, have a very good offense, fifth in OPS, 17th in home runs. Against lefties and righties, they are first and second in Major League Baseball since August 1st. They're a great defensive team, but the issue has been in the starting rotation, 12th in ERA, 17th in Sierra. Then when you look at the bullpen, 7th in ERA, 7th in Sierra. So really over the full season, the one hole for them has been their starting rotation, Bailey. But then again, Framber in the playoffs. Christian Javier has been pretty damn good, if we remember the no-hitter. And then they got Verlander, who has struggled a little bit in the playoffs. Or the Twins pulling the upset here.
0: The the on paper would tell you that it's distinctly possible, and you know one thing I've always kind of felt like is if the Twins win a playoff game or win two playoff games out of three, like you could see them going on a run, right? Like talk about total like monkey off the back situation for them. Uh, But I'm still going to take the Astros in this one. You know if they were to face the Twins in this series. Uh, they just they have the postseason experience. I think it's a lot easier to picture the Twins beating the Blue Jays uh, versus the Astros. The Astros are also on. And I don't know how far back this dates. It's, it's I guess as guard, they're going for six or seven in a row. They're on an insane uh, ALCS streak. They at least make it that far. We kind of know that about them. It's been established. So uh, I'm going to take the Astros uh, if in this one. If they face the Twins or even if they face the, uh, the Blue Jays. Arm? Um,
2: I want to take the Astros so bad, but I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna fight myself here. I'm gonna double down. I I think this Astros team is flawed. I, I thought that that those flaws would make themselves evident as you mentioned in the Diamondback series because you look at the second half. Pretty much the only pitcher who's been serviceable for them and, and serviceable for me is like an ERA under four two in terms of the starting pitching. It was Justin Verlander, and uh, even he is you know been a, a subdued version of Justin Verlander. I don't know how much I trust this staff. I think it was more about the diamondbacks just really struggling uh, to the finish there. And uh, I, I think that this staff kind of struggles in the Astros respect against the twins. And I actually think that the twins starting pitching will, will be better in, in this series. And, uh, I think with with a longer series now, you have a chance for that to kind of, you know, make itself evident. Uh, I think both teams can obviously swing it. The Astros have been there. But I think that this is finally the year where the twins do something. And uh, I, I love that the, the length that they have. You mentioned my eight out of the pen. Now, Paddock out of the pen guys that can go multiple innings in relief. Like I look back on the the Mariners Astros you know, series last year to start it off. Mariners threw the ball well and they kept that Astros offense at bay. The problem was. They couldn't score. I think the twins can kind of match that pitching performance that the Mariners put up last year. And the difference is they can swing it a little bit better. And the Astros don't have the staff that they had last year, or at least the staff isn't performing to the degree that it was last year. Presley's looked a little bit human this year. Uh, uh, Some of their best arms, you know, haven't been quite as dominant out of the pen. I like the Twins bullpen in this one, too. I, I think if, as long as and a little bit more time for Royce Lewis to potentially, you know, be able to get out of the DH spot and play in the field. Maybe they have Buxton back for this series, even if he's in a limited action. That's a great bat off the bench. That's a great uh, guy to be able to mix in there in spots. Uh, they got a lot of options. And I think that this is going to be uh, an opportunity for the Twins to finally make a run. And I think this is just a vulnerable Astros team that has already taken it further than people thought because of the experience and because of Dusty Baker, but I don't trust those arms.
1: Here's what I don't trust. I don't trust Rocco Baldelli. I don't. And I've said it all year long. I think he is one of the worst managers that is currently in the playoff picture. But the reason I could take the twins over the blue Jays is because John Schneider is the worst manager in the playoff picture. I think it's going to be kind of one of those. Like if you compare it to the NFL, like a Bill Belichick-led team that's kind of going under the radar against this new and upcoming team with a lot more firepower. And then they just get managed to death. And I know in baseball, it's a lot harder to do that. But I think that the Twins will move through the Blue Jays. But while the Twins have all these great pitchers, they don't have the Astros offense. And the Astros have been one of baseball's best road teams. So if they go into Minnesota... They can win those games, and I'm just picturing Framber on the mound, Christian They just do enough, right? Where they either out hit them or they just they just do anything they can in order to win this series. And I think the Astros might like being the underdog. They're not the 100 win team. They're not the clear prohibitive favorites where everyone is just moving them straight in. I think this. A lot of people think this American League is wide open, right? The Orioles have been a better team this year. The Rays have been a better team this year. I think the Astros take it to heart and that series against the Diamondbacks arm really sold me yeah. whenever the Astros have smelt blood this year. They pounce. And I think that's what's going to happen in the playoffs. And I'm kind of nervous. They're going to win the whole I'm, thing. Now.
2: I'm adding one more point now that Carlos Correa's plantar fascia has fully split or whatever that means. And it's actually better now because uh, that gives you relief, which is crazy. Um, This is the Carlos Correa revenge legacy series too. Uh, He's the one guy that's really been there. And I mean, I I don't know how much, I don't care how much pain he's in. I think he's going to try to just do something special here against his former team. Um, that's, That's one of the few guys, I don't like to buy into the narratives too much. That's a guy that I'll buy into the narrative. The mind over matter, just... He's already one of the most uh, decorated and and successful and in, uh, in terms of just cumulative stats performers in the postseason ever, uh, and he's got a lot of time left. Hopefully, if that leg hangs and you know hangs around and is able to uh you know hold up, but I think Correa could be the the X factor here too, which would be so fun uh, for the the story of this postseason.
1: So we all have the Rays getting past the Rangers and. If the Rays do beat the Rangers, they will face off against the one-seed Orioles. This one-seed Orioles team, by the numbers, was not as prolific as you might think for an Orioles team that won 101 games, 14th in OPS, 17th in home runs. They were not great defensively, 21st in defensive war. In the rotation, 11th in ERA, 12th in Sierra. I mean, the bullpen was great, 5th in ERA and 5th in Sierra. But they did lose Felix Bautista. But if you look at bullpen ERA, they haven't really skipped a beat. Now there's context to it come playoff time. I think even Orioles fans would agree without Felix Bautista, your bullpen is not quite as prolific. Bailey, when I look at the numbers, it tells me race. But if I've watched this year, the Orioles just figure out a way to win. This one is one of the hardest ones to predict,
0: I think, in this entire format. So where are you going? Give me the Baltimore Orioles. I I feel like they kind of proved it in the regular season more than the Rays did. They won that division. They won games versus the Rays when they needed to. They went eight and five versus Tampa this year. Uh, and that was a big difference in terms of, you know, getting them to win that division. Uh, I like, you know, when, when I... Th- I think we alluded it to it some when we were talking about the Rays matchup versus uh the Rangers. You know, there's there's this fear for the for the Rays that even though they had such a great offense in the regular season that their bats could go cold, you know, not too dissimilar from, you know, what happened to them uh during last year's postseason. I know it's a different team, I understand that, but that's that's a distinct sort of possibility with them. Uh I really like this Baltimore Orioles team. I'm sure a blonde boy with long, flowing, curly blonde hair uh, will get the job done in some capacity, two or three of them. Uh, and uh, I'm going to pick the uh, Baltimore Orioles to advance in this one over the race. I'm, I'm
2: with that. I, It's just one of those things where I'm with you. You got to kind of just throw some of the, the the numbers aside here and just look at what happened over the course of the season, how this Orioles team just continues to perform. And this is another team that just seems kind of built to, to exceed expectations and they play really well together. And there's, there's just a lot of cohesiveness when you watch them play and, and, I, I think that they're kind of there to weather the storm. They could fall down in a series. They can get punched in the mouth, and I don't really think that they're gonna, you know, be flustered too much. And they don't have much to lose. And I, I do think that this is the series where you can kind of see, you know, some of the star power shine through. And it's wild to say, you know, that the Orioles might have more star power than the Rays. But of course, you know, the absence of Franco, the absence of of a couple other guys, and and with the Orioles, I think Gunnar Henderson is. Turned into a star, and he's a guy that probably is an MVP candidate for me next year. And I think that this is going to be kind of a, a big coming out party for him, a big postseason. Adley Rutschman has you know, quietly had a really solid year, but I think this is where we could see Adley kind of go nuclear. They have a lot of different ways where they can really put it together offensively, uh, and then you look at the the pitching side of things. You know, I do wonder when the Rays get through that first round of the playoffs, and you know, is Glass now going to hold up again? Now he might have to go twice in this next series. How is he going to perform there? Um, You know, of course they have Eflin and Savali, but conventional thinking says Rays pitching is way better. But then you look at you know some of the matchups here and the way things shake out. I I think Bradish has been one of the best arms in 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 the game over the last couple months, and at some point we got to just kind of subscribe to the fact that you know if you're going to buy into Eflin, you got to buy into Bradish too, Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at there g rod i think is the x factor and and i like a lot of what i've seen from him and i think that he can really perform here in the postseason if he puts it together and looks like the guy that we've seen through stretches of this second half of the year i think this is all about the o's but where i really buy in is that the bullpen can match that raised bullpen if it turns into a bullpen game if it becomes a mix and match type of thing i think that the orioles can keep up and, you know, it'll be a manager battle here for sure. Uh, but I think that's a side of things that the Orioles can keep up with also. So I think it's going to be the best series of the postseason, arguably. And I think the Orioles end up taking this one. The last thing I'll say is they're one of the few teams that played well in Tampa this year uh, and, and you know, held their own in Tampa this year. So I think that's going to matter in the postseason here uh, when that's probably, as you mentioned earlier, Peter, one of the biggest advantages that the Rays have. No one likes playing there except for them. Uh, but this might be the one
1: team that's okay with it. I really want to buy into the Orioles. <laughs> I really, really do. They're so much fun. They're so young. I love their fans. The more I watch Orioles games and seeing those fans, I want them to win. Like what? When we're turning on a Rays game and you're watching them at the Trop, like, They aren't that fired up. The Orioles are this young and really exciting team that I think everybody wants to buy into. And the numbers would relatively back it up, right? You guys said it yourselves. They got the pitching. They performed well against Tampa. But I kind of feel like this is similar to Brewers Diamondbacks in a way where the team that keeps making it but hasn't fully broken through yet against the nice and fun up-and-coming young team where we all want to buy into. I think the Orioles, if you look at their farm system, they are building a dynasty. However, I don't think they get to the peak of that dynasty in year one of it. I still think the Rays have the better manager. I think with Felix Bautista going down, the Rays have the better bullpen. And we look at starting pitching, I'm still buying Glass now, Savali, and Eflin over Bradish, G-Rod, and whoever they decide to go with Game 3. And then I look at the offense. They've been better offensively, not only over the entire year, but since August 1st. Losing Wander stinks, but I just think that they are the better team. And while they didn't show that by winning more games in the regular season, I think the postseason is a good time to get going. I'm also... I wonder if the rest factor will not do a team like the Orioles well, right? They got a lot of time to think about it. They're a really young team. So they get all this momentum from the regular season. Then they just kind of sit there and wait while the Rays kind of do a beating of the Rangers and get fired up. And then it's just one of those games where the Rays just outcoach this young Orioles team. But with that said, I want to be clear. If the Orioles were facing kind of any other team. I'd probably take the Orioles. I think this has a World Series feel to it. I just think that the Rays have been here too many times before and they don't end up losing this series. But it's going to go long. It's going to be sick. Give me the Rays. Keep going. Let's keep it going. Let's do it. All right. So next up, we'll go to the National League. Uh, Bailey, we'll start with you. Uh, because you're the one person with the Diamondbacks going over the Milwaukee Brewers to face the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I shouldn't have to read you the Dodgers stats because we all know how freaking good they are. But when I was putting together the stats, I didn't kind of realize how amazing they are. Like, we all know that the Dodgers are great, but the Dodgers won 100 games again. Again, they finished second in OPS, second in home runs. In terms of the starting pitching, it wasn't great from an ERA standpoint. Seventh in WHIP, fifteenth in Sierra, and the bullpen was unbelievable. Third in ERA, first in WHIP, and fourth in Sierra. Does the young
0: Diamondbacks team get past the Dodgers, or are the Dodgers, the Dodgers, Bailey? It, it's going to be the Dodgers or the Dodgers type of series. I, what I like about this Dodgers team, and you look the the numbers won't tell you this at all, but uh this is a low pressure Dodgers team. Every year, if they come into the playoffs and they have so much pressure on themselves it's world series or bust they have to win it you know they they did get the job done in 2020. But for a lot of people, there's an asterisk. And I, I'm sure even for guys on the team, you know, like Will Smith or Mookie Betts or Kershaw who are still around, they they really want to win a normal World Series, you know, for lack of a better term. They, they you know, they would love to win in front of their home fans, for example. Um, so uh, I really like uh, how this Dodgers team is going to uh, shape up this postseason. I'm excited to see what they can do. And, you know, if they face this Diamondbacks team, there is going to be uh, sort of a talent gap there and you could definitely see if the Diamondbacks advance in two or three you know uh, they've already spent some of their uh, pitching to get there anyway so I would expect the Dodgers to win this series uh, whether it is against the Diamondbacks or the Brewers um, um. so for me you know I got
2: them against the it's Brewers Brewers Dodgers here and I, <laughs> this is this is the Brewers team man this is the team that's going to do it I the Dodgers, I agree. They're they're a low pressure team. I also just watched Yancey Almonte in his rehab appearance look fantastic. So I'm interested to see if you know they bring him you know into the fold here as well. And and the Dodgers, I mean, the bullpen's always going to be great, but I have some concerns about the starting pitching. Right, a big reason why they've been able to get through this regular season is is Bobby Miller. And, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say Grayson Rodriguez is the X factor, but, you know, Bobby Miller isn't. I, I like a lot of things about the Orioles better from top to bottom, the lineup, uh, other aspects of the ball club, than the Dodgers, which is crazy to say right now, but, you know, and in some facets, I kind of trust the bullpen more in some spots, but, but, uh, with the Dodgers, it's like, OK, what version of Kershaw are you getting? He was throwing 88 last time I saw him, you know, and I love Kershaw. I hope he can throw. But, you know, what version are you getting? Is Lance Land in that rotation? They haven't even decided yet, you know, if he's going to be in that playoff rotation as we are recording this. Um, And then, you know, Bobby Miller is going to have to be the guy that arguably is going to, be the the horse that you ride the furthest because Kershaw you're, you're not throwing him seven eight nine innings uh and, and then of course you know he comes with his own you know questions and concerns in the postseason though I do think they're overblown uh lineup wise I can see them stalling out a little bit I, I can I, I love Mookie and Freeman of course and Will Smith like those are that's a three-headed monster but like would you be shocked if uh, James Outman David Peralta Miguel Rojas even a Jason Hayward like even a Max Muncie kind of struggled to produce against really good pitching like I wouldn't, and then you go and look at the Brewers. I don't have to talk about the starting rotation again, but how about the second half? What some of these arms have done? Freddie Peralta since July first, so a little bit further than the first half. Two nine six ERA. Corbin Burns two seven two. Devin Williams a one five. Brendan Woodruff two five nine. Hobie Milner a one point one. Abner Uribe, my king, my one hundred three mile per hour throwing king, who, who will one hundred percent blow a gasket on the mound during the postseason. I guarantee it. 176 ERA in 30 innings. Uh, This whole bullpen has been nails. The rotation is clicking on all cylinders. They shocked the Dodgers with more depth and just enough offense because the Dodgers can't match the pitching for the first time maybe ever.
1: Damn. Damn. I went in thinking the Dodgers. And not even really thinking twice about it. I picked the Brewers to beat the Diamondbacks. I actually bet on the Brewers to beat the Diamondbacks. I think the Brewers kind of little brother, the Diamondbacks in that first series. And then I feel like they turn back into the Brewers where it's right. We were a little bit worried about Bobby Miller. We're a little bit worried about Kershaw and Lance Lynn. The Brewers offense ain't that good. So they could make them look a little bit better. And then the Dodgers go face the Braves or the Phillies, and that's where it hurts them a little bit. Because I think for a guy like Kershaw, a guy like Lance Lynn, I think the rest will only do them favors when they all they have to give you is five shutout innings. And then you talked about how good the Brewers' bullpen has been. Dodgers' bullpen has been just as good. And the Dodgers' offense ranking, right, I got it pulled up right here, just against right-handed pitching because they're going to see Burns, Peralta and Woodruff. They rank third since August 1st in WRC plus. So they're going to see them and they're going to be able to hit them. And I feel like Bailey, what you were talking about at the beginning, what you were worried about against the Diamondbacks, I think that shows up against the Dodgers. I don't think it's going to show up against the D backs. I have the Dodgers moving through, but um, it was a great pitch. And <laughs> yeah. I was very confident in coming in with the Dodgers, and now I'm left with the Brewers can really do this. But yeah. kind of similar to what I was saying earlier, they gotta prove it. They yeah, just gotta, with gotta you. prove it. But and, and show well against the diamondbacks And maybe to your point, Bailey, maybe they just are the Brewers, and then just get shut out by the diamondbacks It's not impossible. No,
2: no. I, I hate that I'm attaching my name to to the Brewers in a postseason run, but here we are.
0: Here we are. So Is it because can I can I just interrupt? Is on, it because you see a little bit of your Marlins in those Brewers? Is that really what it is? Like you are like this is like a slightly better version of what we're doing. It's like what
2: the, what the Marlins want to be so bad. Yeah. Um, like it's also you can interrupt any time on the show. That's uh, we interrupt each other probably far too much. Uh, but yes, and and a little bit of just like. I'm subscribing to the offense being different. It's like this is actually the blueprint for the Marlins. Everyone always talks, "Oh, the Rays are the blueprint for the Marlins." I think you're onto something, Bailey. Because I think the the Brewers are the bullpen are the blueprint for the Marlins between the staff, the bullpen, and then piecing together the offense. So I think that's a great point, point. and it might be why uh, subconsciously I'm I'm all in.
1: So Aram, we'll start with you because you're the one who has the Marlins making it past the Phillies in order to face the juggernauts also known as these Atlanta Braves. Uh, But Bailey is also a Braves fan. So I'm not really sure who to go to first. We'll just go to arm first because he's got a pitch on the Marlins. are going to beat the Braves. And then Bailey be like, yeah, like good luck because the Braves rank first in OPS this year, first in home runs against righties first against lefties seventh, not great defensively. Bailey, they're not perfect and they're not perfect in the rotation either. 17th in ERA, 13th in Sierra, but the bullpen gets a little bit of flack when it shouldn't 10th in ERA, third in Sierra arm. How many games are the Marlins winning against the Braves?
2: Zero. I think they get absolutely bludgeoned. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely bludgeoned. And, and and I will say like for sake of like what will likely probably happen if the Phillies get there, I think the Braves absolutely crush them. I think that what happened last year is, is so, so on their mind and, and they want retribution. And I think it's very important to note. They added basically a, an MVP caliber Matt Olson uh, versus what they had, you know, last year. Yeah, uh, You know, with what they had with Olson, you know, last year was, was a, a pretty good first baseman, the way he was performing this year. It's, you know, one of the best power bats in the game. Ronald Acuna Jr. would, you know, is just a different, guy this year that they have him involved. So, I mean, th- there's just improvements from within that are already happening. And I think, again, the Phillies don't quite have that pitching edge that they had last year. And, you know, all the bullpen arms that were just clicking on all cylinders. Um, so if it's Braves Phillies, I love the Braves. I think no matter what a rested Braves team just knocks around, uh, you know, whoever gets to them. And in my case with the Marlins, I think it's kind of like kind of like 2020 even though i don't count that as i've mentioned but like oh this was a fun run and you know let's see how this goes and then you get humbled real quick and realize that there's levels to this um and the braves
0: are on a different one bailey well arms completely correct in that uh you know if the braves you know if they were to get the phillies they're out for revenge uh, they, the way they celebrated when they, when they clinched the division, they were at Citizens bank park and they, it was very clear that like, that was very important to them. They wanted to win that on the Phillies home turf. Uh, and they celebrated like crazy because of it. Uh, for me personally, like everything I'm about to say about this hypothetical Braves Phillies series would also apply to last year's Braves Phillies series. And we know how that ends up, but You know, I think the bye comes into play here. You know, if the Phillies come out of this series uh, victorious over the Marlins, they don't get to start Nola or Wheeler game one. You know, they get to they have to start, you know, Taiwan Walker or someone else, you know. Um, And and I also think just in general, like there's going to be a lot of discussions about it as we get to uh, the division series. But, you know, in the sport of baseball, give me the rest over the momentum. You know, give me the, give me the team that got a bye over the team that, you know, got a, a big win in a best of three series, just cause the sport is such a grind. It's 162 games and then this, you know, so give me the rest. Uh, the Phillies match up great versus the Braves. This is a team like very capable of beating them in a short series. They have played some great baseball. Last couple of months, but uh, th- this Braves team, I mean, when you're reading out the offensive stats, Peter, I wanted to interrupt you and be like, is this for this year, or like all time? Because is this, are they first in OPS this year or like all time? I know they're tied for first in WRC plus with the 27 Yankees, you know? So that's, uh, that's sort of the level of offense we're talking about here. And it is very much like almost what we said about the Rangers. Like, you know, if they score eight, 10 runs a game, there's nothing. The pitching doesn't matter, you know? So uh, the the Braves will, the Braves will win this series uh, regardless of opponent. I think you're right. It was funny. I said first in OPS, first in
1: home runs. It's like, well, how much first? Like, first by a lot, I think the Braves steamroll both of them. Uh, With that said, though, I I don't know, Bailey, we've heard a lot from Braves fans that the one team that they don't want to face is the Phillies because I think they are scarred from last year, and they know that baseball, any given day, anyone can win. But I'm going to make this short. I think the Braves are one of the best teams that we have seen in the last decade, maybe in the 21st century. I think they're that good. Now, the starting rotation, I do have some concerns about. Is Freed going to be fully back? Is Morton going to be fully back? But sometimes they're going to win some seven to five games and it won't really matter. And then the bullpen has been good enough, I think, to limit damage. Yeah, give me the Braves. Um, And we'll keep it moving. so we all got the Braves moving on. So now American League. I get confused. I think you have the twins, Aram. Yeah. You have the twins. Twins off. Orioles. Twins Orioles. Give us a winner.
2: This was a tough one. I I'm gonna go O's. I, I just I'm I'm buying the I'm buying the magic this year. Um I think this is finally where yeah you it's know, Bailey's point, the 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 pitching kind of runs out of gas a little bit for, for, for the twins. I mean, Pablo Lopez is a guy that's, you know, historically kind of run out of gas a little bit as the year goes on. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, Sonny gray and, and, and some of his issues. He's not really built up to this degree uh, over the last few years. And, you know, I think with the Orioles, a lot of younger guys, a lot of you know, ways to piece it together and get by, I think it turns into a little bit of a slug fest in this series. And I think that the Orioles, you know, end up out slugging the twins. I think this is going to be the best one for television because I think it's going to be a lot of runs and a lot of fun. Uh, but give me the O's
0: advancing to uh, the, the World Series. Bailey, your American League winner. So I have Orioles and Astros. Uh, and I'm going to take the Orioles in this one. Orioles on to the World Series for me as well. Uh, I think just in terms of... Uh, I think the Astros pitching and we talked about it earlier is a little overrated and maybe the Orioles pitching is a little underrated, like maybe the gap between these mm-hmm. two in terms of the quality of starting pitching isn't as great as we would perceive it to be uh, because of Fromber's second half struggles and Christian Javier just generally not having as good of a season as he did last year. Grayson Rodriguez we've talked about him he's been immense for the Orioles uh, this second half he's he's completely different his his stuff is way higher uh you know like more fastball velocity more changeup movement lower arm slot everything he's like he's just completely different pitcher from what he was in the first half and that with Bradish and uh you know Pete, you've, you've done a lot of talking about, oh, uh, you know, teams that are good against 500 or above 500 teams or teams that are good on the road, like who can win in anywhere, in any situation. That's the Baltimore Orioles this year. They've got great numbers in all of those splits. So uh, give me the Baltimore Orioles to advance uh, to the World Series. I love it. I have the Rays going up against the Astros.
1: I'm taking the Rays. The more I think about it, the more I'm buying into this team. I think the Rays... They're going to be able to, you know, go toe to toe with any manager. I think they could go toe to toe with any offense. I think they play great defense. And then you just get some of these teams in the trop and it's hard to play there, but they've also been a good road team. So the Rays, I think are a great example of no matter how good you are on the road, it's really hard to win in the trop, but then this team can win on the road. And then when we look at bullpen starting rotation, I had problems with the Rays four and five starters. Not one, two, and three. Give me the Rays to go to the World Series. Now moving on to the National League. I have the, who do I have again? I have the Dodgers facing off against the Braves. Good for me. Aram, you have the, and then give us the Brewers. Braves Brewers. Braves or Brewers?
2: Uh, I I tried so hard to talk myself into the Brewers. There's just no fucking way. Uh, There's just no, there's just no way. I can only take it so far, man. I can only do it uh, to a certain point. (laughs) Um, I do think that the Brewers hang in there and they, the problem is if they make the Braves offense, if if they can cut the Braves offensive production by 30%, they're still the best offense in the game almost. So it's just one of those things where they're just not going to be able to keep up, even if they throw well, Um, give me the Braves. And and what I think is a sneaky, good series and a pretty good test for them. Uh, But yeah, this is just going to be too much, too much for the Brewers in, in a seven game set here.
1: Bailey, you and I both have the Braves and the Dodgers.
0: Who's going to the World Series? Every single Dodgers game I've watched this year begins with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts on the corners. Every time they lead off an inning, it's just that. They find a way to do it. I understand that as a Braves fan the expectation is that I should pick the Braves to win the series and I, and to win the World Series. I understand that. But wouldn't that be a little boring? Wouldn't that be a little cliché? Isn't this Dodgers team like really, really good too? Mm-hmm. here's the thing about the braves right now you know and, and with regards to their starting pitching i'm a little worried because i know they've got you know they're gonna have freed coming back into this this playoffs not having pitched in a, in a couple weeks um they've got strider who's gonna be great he's gonna be nails i'm not worried about him charlie morton you know could be around for this series he's not gonna be around for the division series bryce elder uh you know could be a fraud you know he's had some big time blow up starts in the second half and i'm just sort of um, after strider and i'm really not that worried about freed honestly but after Strider and freed there's reasons to be worried i know the irony in that talking about you know them matching up against the dodgers team that has like that is going to unironically start 2023 Lance lanceland like as a fixture in their rotation throughout the entirety of their playoff run like i understand that but like those two guys like Freddie and Mookie, like even if it is a top heavy lineup, I just, I like the vibe of this Dodgers team. I felt it all year. Like they, that, that lower stakes for them. No one is going to expect them to win that series. And that's why I think they could legitimately do it. So I'm going to pick the Dodgers to be the Braves and move on to the world series against the Orioles in my bracket. I'll do it for you. Give me the Braves to beat the Dodgers. <laughs> I mean, I want to make a pitch for the Dodgers
1: but it's really, really hard. And when we're saying, well, I'm a little bit nervous about game three and game four. The Dodgers, yeah, they're not going to get swept, right? But the Braves, they just have too much. It's, it's a too much offense. It's a good bullpen. So the Dodgers have a great bullpen. So do the Braves. Dodgers have questions in the starting rotation. So do the Braves. But the Braves have the better offense. And we saw this series already happen, right? We expected the Dodgers to maybe kind of prove, hey, we, we can hang. They didn't give me the Braves. Uh, so I have in my world series, Braves, Rays, Aram, you have Braves, Orioles. Portials. Yeah. And Bailey, you have Dodgers,
0: Orioles. Bailey, you're our guest who's winning the world series. I'm going to take Los Angeles Dodgers. If they beat the Braves, why not? Right. Like what, what is the, what are the Orioles going to be if they beat the Braves? You know uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers won hundred games this year. They have a plus two oh seven run differential. They're only like twenty runs behind the Braves in that regard. They went forty nine and twenty four in like the second half of the season. They were they've just been on fire. And this is my Dodgers Orioles matchup. Is the starting pitching is overrated series? That's that's sort of my viewpoint coming into this postseason. You've got rest days. You can piece it together. The Dodgers have like eight good relievers. Like they can they, if. Like there is a world where just like this is just like Dave Roberts masterclass because he doesn't have to actually manufacture the moment for any of his pitchers like he like his biggest sin has been all this time. He can just go out, play the matchups, just use everybody, get the job done. Uh, Dodgers more experienced in the playoffs than this Orioles team. They've got a good mix of young guys and winners. Betts is a winner. Freeman's a winner. Hayward's a winner. You know, like they've been there, done that. And so give me the Dodgers, the t- The Dodgers team that doesn't have the pressure is going to be the one that gets it done in 2023
2: arm. I got to go with the lame answer. I got to go with the Braves. Um, you know, I, I just think they're going to slug their way here and, and that's going to be the difference. And you know, I am a little bit worried about the pitching as as you mentioned, but I just feel like, snit knowing when to pull strider, right? This isn't, this isn't the regular season. You don't leave them in for that one extra inning where the, the home runs come along and, and those types of things and freed. Yeah. I think they are being more cautious than anything. And uh, again, that offense is always going to be able to bail them out. Uh, and, and I just don't see how anybody's going to be able to keep them in check. Cause there's so many different guys that could step up and beat you. Uh, Braves win it over the Orioles. I do think the Orioles match them, you know, offensively a couple games, they squeeze it to to, to six, but I'm going to go Braves in six
1: snit and the experience really ends up shining through here. Give me the rays to beat the Braves. Ooh. I think when we're talking about offense, yeah, you got the best offensive baseball. Well, the rays got like the fourth best offense in baseball. The rays have a better bullpen than they do. And I have as much faith in the race, starting pitching, maybe even more than the Braves. And I think the Braves, they haven't seen how weird it is down in the trop and the rays can play anywhere. And I would say that Snickers, a great manager. Is he better than Kevin Cash? I'm not sure. So this is why I look at the Rays and I say from top to bottom, I think this could be the year where they win it all. And I'm picking the Tampa Bay Rays to beat the Atlanta Braves in a great series. I think it goes six or seven, but it's a team kind of nobody cares about that much that ends up winning the entire thing in 2023. Bailey, thank you so much for coming on the Just Baseball Show. We got through all of our predictions All of it is brought to you by BetMGM. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button, comment. We're bringing all of you guys' content every single day throughout all of October. Definitely go check out Foolish Baseball, the channel on YouTube, or Foolish Bailey. You got videos coming out on both sides. They're both phenomenal. And then definitely go follow Bailey on Twitter, at Baseball. That's Aram. I'm Peter. Go get yourself some Just Baseball merch. We'll see you tomorrow for Jack's Bracket. And with that, thank you, everybody.